lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you at 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's the email address, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Steve Dace. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show on parlor at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube page if you want some free samples of the program that you can uh, then share with others if you like or if you don't like share them too because that traffic counts for us as well youtube.com slash Steve Dace and again that's D-E-A-C-E coming up here this Thursday Dr. Michael Brown is going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about his new book on a subject I feel like has been done and redone and done redone and redone and done again all right has it been done before, though? I think it's maybe been done before. I'm not sure. Okay. And and frankly, if it was if it was only like five people that were doing it again, we wouldn't be talking about it because it's it's been done before. <laughs> All right. But since he's one of the five people that's on that list, and I respect his intellect, perhaps there is an angle to this we have not yet uh, done and then done before. That's right. Trump and evangelicals. All right, so we'll be discussing that at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, Theology Thursday. Good friend of the show. I mean, he's been on numerous times over the years. Billy Hallowell used to work here at The Blaze. Uh, He put out a video yesterday on Christians and the mask debate. We are going to watch that video. Now, the three of us, I selected this video, but the three of us have not watched it, correct? correct? Correct. I did that on purpose. I wanted the three of us to watch this in real time with all of the audience and then um, we will come now and reason together. So I'm not quite sure what he's going to say. I think based on the tweet that's associated with the video, I know what his overall position is, but I don't know how, how Billy is going to articulate it. So, I mean, if we, if we, as, if, if we as believers, particularly um, when you have the long background with Billy that our program does, if we can't have a reasoned, um, repartee back and forth on this, then it's then it's just not possible in this in this in this era we live right now, right? So we're going to try it. We're, we're going to see if that is possible. Coming up on Theology Thursday next hour, as well as three non-political questions. But before we get there, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Big Tech Gets Grilled, kind of. Antitrust hearings involving big tech companies started in the U.S. House of Representatives yesterday with CEOs from major American tech companies like Google, Facebook, Apple, and Amazon answering questions about their business practices. It was an absolute unmitigated poop show for some Republicans, like when Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg was asked about Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account getting suspended. Congressman, well, first to be clear, I think what you might be referring to happened on on Twitter. So it's hard for me to speak to that, but I can talk to our policies about this. Um, We do prohibit content 
that will lead to imminent risk of harm. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who takes money from lobbying groups on behalf of Google, was confronted by Fox News's Tucker Carlson last night on why he and other Republicans seem to have no interest in actually reining in big tech's power. But I'm a talk show host and we've got, you know, four million viewers or whatever, but my job is to talk. Lawmakers are tasked with running the country and passing our laws by definition. And these companies operate with a special carve-out provided them by Congress, and Congress has never done anything to rein them in. And so we've got, what, 96 days till the election. Are there going to be any consequences until then? Well, no, you just mentioned the most important thing. In 96 days, 97 days, whatever that number is, it's important we reelect Donald Trump and take back the House. It seems very difficult for any candidate or party to win anything if all the information about the race is controlled by people who are working for the other side, which is where we are now. So without whining about why nothing has been done so far, let me ask you. Jim Sensenbrenner has taken money from Google. Google is your second biggest campaign contributor in the last cycle. Why do you think they would give you money? And why would you no, take I mean, it? If they, look, if they want to exercise their First Amendment liberties and give me money, that, I raised $3 million last quarter. If Google gives me a few thousand dollar check, God bless them. That doesn't change who I am. One Republican who actually asked some relevant questions was Representative Ken Buck, who went into great detail about allegations that Amazon flat out stole technology from tech startups, which ended up in their uber popular Echo devices. Democrat Congresswoman Premier Jay Paul perhaps had the most striking line of questions for Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg about whether his company has suppressed and or stolen technology and ideas from smaller companies. Has Facebook ever taken steps to prevent cop competitors from getting footholds by copying competitors? Uh, Congresswoman, I view it as our job to understand what people are finding valuable in all of the services that they use. And certainly if, if someone... Do you copy, do you copy your competitors? Congresswoman, we've certainly adapted features uh, that that others have led in, as have others copied and and adapted features that... I'm I'm uh, not concerned about others. I'm just asking you, Mr. Zuckerberg, since March of 2012, after that email conversation, how many competitors did Facebook end up copying? Uh, Congresswoman, I I can't give you a a number of of companies... Is it less than five? Congresswoman, I don't know. Less than 50? Any estimates? Your team was making a plan. How did it play out? Uh, Congresswoman, I'm, I'm not sure I, I agree with the, the premise here. Our- Moving on with a coronavirus update, CDC Director Robert Redfield shared some striking information in a recent interview. But there has been another cost that we've seen, particularly in high schools. Uh, we're seeing, uh, sadly, far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID. We're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose uh, that are above excess than what we had as background than we are seeing deaths from COVID. The government of the Netherlands announced yesterday they will not advise the public to wear masks after consulting with the country's National Institute for Health and finding that there's no proven effectiveness of masks. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci says you should protect all the mucosal surfaces. So if you have goggles, or an eye face, or an eye shield, 
you should use it. In completely unrelated news, the United States gross domestic product fell by nearly 33% in the second quarter. President Trump tweets, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. Checking in on future President Joe Biden. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work as a joke. You didn't know where we were anyway. And finally, an epidemic of mass debaters has broken out over the United States. This morning, as COVID cases mount across the country, the mass debate is intensifying. People are very passionate on both sides of the great mass debate. The partisan mass debate is heating up. Mass debate's growing. The president is trying to have us cover the mass debate. CBS, Target, and Walgreens are getting in on the mass debate. The mass debate now taking center stage at local restaurants. It's nine minutes after six now, and there's new video of a raging mass debate. And that's what happened while we were away. My mama told me if you masturbate uh, too much, you can go blind. So. That was funny. That was a. I, I probably shouldn't say that was a rim shot then. <laughs> no. Is that a, is that another mucus opening that Anthony Fauci thinks I need to cover? Todd, your thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. Aaron's montage brought you. <laughs> and we're off. It's 11.09. Uh, Aaron's montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. Deborah couldn't believe this happened to her, and it did. And she didn't even know about it till the eviction notice showed up. It's called Home Title Fraud, a devastating crime that can cost you your home. And title fraud is not, repeat, not covered by your homeowner's insurance. If you want to get some protection, the only place I know of to go to is Home Title Lock. Uh, And you want to go there because cyber thieves have discovered the titles to our homes are all kept online these days. So they forge your name on your deed, stating that you sold your home to them and then they refile as the new owner. They take out all that equity that is yours and then they stick you with the payments or in Deborah's case, an eviction notice. Home Title Lock, they put a virtual barrier though around your home's title so that does not happen to you and the instant they detect any tampering they mobilize to shut it down but first things first go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't know it yet at hometitlelock.com and then while you're there use the promo code steve to get 30 free days of protection at hometitlelock.com that's hometitlelock.com in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace we will be discussing trump's tweet that has set the world ablaze regarding, uh, hey, if you guys want to do mail-in voter fraud, I'll just, you know, we can just delay the election then if it's not safe to vote. We will discuss that today in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, go there today to subscribe at a discount at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. And if you're already a subscriber, that's where you go uh, to watch the overtime when it gets posted later today. Let's get to the rest of what is in, uh, what's in the montage. The, um, you know what? I want to handle it this way. I kind of want to summarize, if you will. I want to I want to summarize the state of play. Where are things at right now? I mean, the story about uh, a GDP drop of 30%. That's one third, nearly one third of our gross domestic product has dropped. 
because of the dumbest, most moronic, devastating decision in American history. And given how important our gross domestic product, our economy is to the world economy, I mean, we feed and police most of this civilized world. This could go down as the dumbest, most dangerous, moronic decision in world history. And that would be the lockdowns. The issue. We're in, we're in the Death Star Trench right now. There's a lot going on around us, folks. Right? We got cannon fire over here. We got TIE fighters behind us. Right? We got dogfights up here to the right. There's a lot happening over here. A lot of shiny objects to distract us. But we're in the Death Star Trench right now. This tweet, that story, this, this antic, all these things are going on. But we're in the Death Star Trench. And the voice in your ear, what does it say? Put on your face shield and goggles. <laughs> yes. I'm back. Okay. The voice in your ear, what should it say? I'm sorry. Yes. I, hey. It was deserved. Um, stay on target. Stay on target. The target. The lockdowns. The lockdowns are the target. Everything else is a distraction from that. Even the mass debate is a distraction from that. Everything, the, the targets, or the lockdowns are the target. They're the sun. Everything else is in orbit around them. So let me lay out some markers here of where we are, okay? Uh, just kind of a state of play. Number one, I am voting for Trump, and I, it, I didn't four years ago, but I am voting for Trump in November, and I explained why on yesterday's show. Even though he is culpable for the dumbest, most dangerous, and moronic decision in human and certainly American history. He certainly played a role in all of that. And continues to, more than that in a second. Um, and therefore probably doesn't deserve my vote. At this point, I need something to throw between my freedom and what's left of it and big tech who's trying to take the rest of it away. And he's going to be the pylon, the tackling dummy. I'm just going to throw him. All right, hey, you know, chew on him for a while while we figure out how we're going to push back on this. Because we're on defense on this right now. If you watched any of yesterday's hearing, Democrats asked better questions than almost all the Republicans did. We're on defense here. So if you want to know more about that, watch yesterday's show. But I am voting for Trump, and I explained why on that program. Number two. So number one is my preferred outcome, how I want this to go. The rest of this, though, is not. It's an analysis of how it is going to go on our current trajectory. And if you're new to this program, I, I, you know, we may roll different than some other folks in this, uh, in this sphere. Uh, but I'm totally fine telling you what I think is going to go down, even if it's not what I want to go down. I'm not fluffing you on any level ever. Never happening. Not happening. Not going to do that. I'm not going to sit here, man, when the home team's down 50-3 to three in the fourth quarter. Guys, we can still come back. The game's over, guys. We lost. Now, it ain't 50-3 to three in the fourth quarter yet, but it's 50-3 to three like in the third quarter. <laughs> All right? All right? So, the rest of this is analysis. Trump will not get reelected if the economy and job market doesn't improve, folks. In any other in any other year, we wouldn't even entertain the idea that you could get reelected 
with 40 million unemployed, counting another million and a half jobless claims this week so far, and a loss of one third of your GDP. And because in any other era, we'd call that a depression. That's what we would call that, a depression. And ain't true in this era. Not happening. It's not happening. It's not. And by the way, we're not going to quote any polls or anything like that. We're not having any of those arguments. We're just looking at the environment. You're not getting reelected with 40 million unemployed and losing one third of your gross domestic product. That's not happening. Stop. That's where the, like if this was like an old wire message, stop. Not getting reelected by losing one third of your GDP, stop. <laughs> this wouldn't even be a debatable point in any other era. We, it would be like, this would be the most self-evident thing I could say <laughs> the rest of the way here. You don't get reelected losing one third of your gross domestic product. Doesn't happen. Stop. Number three. Those things are not going to improve unless we reopen. That, that's what's holding all these things back. The reopening. The staggered, stagnant, half-assed re reopening. Number four. We're not going to reopen as long as Trump has the country under the boot of Fauci Burks. Debbie Burks went on CNN earlier, earlier today and asserted something that's just not even, or was it yesterday, that's just not factually provable. She said, with certainty, if we all masked up, we could get control of this virus. We don't know that. We don't know that. There's, and there's no evidence to suggest it. Norway found last week they'd have to mask 200,000 people to stop one infection. The Netherlands held a press conference yesterday at The Hague, of all places. The symbolism of that was rich. They held a press conference at The Hague to say our public health experts have looked into it and there's just no, quote, no proven evidence, unquote, that masking works. So we're not going to inflict that on our people. Any day now, Denmark is expected to release the first ever randomized study results of mitigating COVID-19 with mask use. And given the fact that while we await those results to be released, Denmark is not moving to mandate masks, I'm thinking, I don't know, man. I did just fall off the back of a turnip truck, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But I'm kind of thinking, guys, that might be a tell in what's in their study when it gets released. Just going to throw that out there. These people are killing the president. They're killing him. And the only reason Burks doesn't get more run in this criticism lane is because she's just nicer and more sympathetic as a human being. But they're the same. They've got to go. There's all kinds of experts out there. I mean, I saw this morning, I, I, I saw people in conservative media tweeting out, Hey, why doesn't Fauci answer these questions? Or why doesn't why did why why don't we why doesn't Fauci listen to these counter experts? Fauci isn't the boss here. Trump is. Well, Fauci is the boss, but Trump's supposed to be. Why are we debating the middleman when the guy who's the head honcho at the top of the food chain is supposedly wearing our uniform here? Ask him these questions. Why the hell is Anthony Fauci still employed? What's he been right about ever? Which brings me to point number five here. Donald Trump isn't a victim. He controls his own destiny. He is not also at the mercy of the media. 
Somebody asked me today, well, what can he just override all these governors? I don't know. Didn't he just override the governor of Oregon? Didn't he just do that? Didn't we just override the governor of Oregon and send the feds in? Yes. Yes, he can. He can certainly override the red state governors. He can certainly do that. He's got the power to do that with the power of the bully pulpit and the political power he wields. Yeah. Not to mention, as long as he continues to defend lockdowns, he grants them political cover to continue imposing them. Right now, there is no organized political effort in opposition to the lockdowns. It doesn't exist. There is a ragtag group of colonials, shows like this and others, that are kind of a loose you know, um, alignment coalition attempting to you know, attack a Death Star, but it's, we're not some kind of organized fleet here. Number six, if he is at the mercy of the media and completely helpless, then, I, then there's no point to any of this then. The election is pointless. You can't tell me that we're at the end of our ropes if he loses and then tell me that he has no power to control whether he wins because all the power is against him. Well, then what's the point? What can he do to help us then? Nothing. Both of those things aren't true. Stop lying to yourself. They can both be false. One can be true. The other false. But they can't both be true. Can't be true that he's helpless, but he absolutely has to win. That, that, those things can't be true. Simultaneously. Pick one. Which is it? Number seven, he needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. He needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. He needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. He needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. One more time. He needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. I lied. Once again. He needs to govern better to be reelected. Period. Doesn't matter what he tweets. If we're losing one third of our GDP, his ass is grass. He's toast. Toast. One of the greatest sports nicknames of all time. Bill Parcells gave cornerback Elvis Patterson that nickname at practice once because that's all he was doing was getting burnt on game day. Toast. Right? That's who Donald Trump is. Toast. If he doesn't govern better. This tweet, that tweet. Okay, you might lose by eight, might lose by 11, might lose by 12, might lose by five. Who cares? It's just a loss. You lost. If he tweets better, it could be a close. No, no. To win, he must govern better. Period. Period. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, I, I mean, the last part is kind of a summary of how this show has tried to beg, borrow, and steal him to some level of success on behalf of the American people in general and the conservative principles that we aspire to uh, hold dear on this show. And I meant what I said. I mean it today. I'm probably as close to voting for him as I ever have been before. And maybe I'm. it's some sort of freedom I'm allowed and just flat out. There's no There's no more beg, barring, and stealing. He, he just doesn't seem to want to go there. I, I don't know if he's broken to the point that many people are in uh, politics and they just run out of steam. He, he keeps telling you to the guy that, that it's impossible. Uh, only he can uh, solve, only he can save. But I, it, we, 
something totally different than has happened in this entire presidency needs to happen right now or else and it'll be deserved here's the thing where i am with with trump right now every jot and tittle of what you said is true and it seems like to varying degrees every jot and tittle of what you just said has been true for the last four years (laughs) and has been said repeatedly for the last four years now that's neither an argument for or against voting for Trump although you could you could make one I guess that's but that's not the intent of what I'm trying to say here. My reaction and I'm I'm saying this live on air. You asked you asked me yesterday during the break when you made this announcement. So uh, you got any feedback? I'm like, mm, not really. No. I, I didn't know you were going to make that, that announcement. And that was re- literally my reaction, wasn't it, Steve? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, don't know. I don't know. Because here's the here's the thing. When it comes to Trump, because of everything that you just laid out, if it would have been a plant your flag in the ground, Donald Trump is going to stand his ground and stand in the way and affirmatively actually take action. Now, I would have had a problem with that because there's absolutely no evidence. There's about as much evidence that masks work to prevent the spread of COVID-19 that Donald Trump is going to act affirmatively and take ground from the left in their onslaught in civil war against what's left of America. So here's here's where I am with Trump. It's what I tweeted last last week. Um I have just as much piss and vinegar to vote for Trump just out of spite for the people who have been part and parcel to getting us where we are in this point, especially with this year, with the virus with the fraud that's going along, uh, around along this lines, uh, the, the, the abject, abject damage to our rights, our liberties, our economy that have been done. You know, as you said, he's part and parcel to that, but he's not, he's not 90% of it. 90% is just the spirit of the age coming to life. I have every bit as much piss and vinegar to vote out of spite against that for Donald Trump as I do to vote not at all for Donald Trump out of spite for him not doing it doing anything about it so i'm at a position now with trump where it's just like i I may vote for him i I may not everything you said is true he has to govern better he still can he still can despite all the evidence that he i don't know is not able to to this point because it's really there's no four-dimensional chess here I mean, you made the analogy about the Death Star. There is no thermal exhaust port here. It's pretty simple what he has to do. Um, Stand in the way of the leftist hordes. Uh, So there's no four-dimensional chess. It's just, it's pretty simple, which is why I say there's just as much chance that he'll, he'll do what needs to be done and actually govern affirmatively and govern well that there is that he'll just continue to sit back and let things come to him. So... All that is to say, I'll sum this up. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's uh, Michael Jordan's security guard that gif that, that Todd keeps posting. With the stakes, with the stakes what they are in our culture, though, if your reaction to anything 
uh, of this magnitude, like who's going to be our next leader or who, you, who you're going to vote for is, I don't know. Do you really have a country? Do you really have a culture? Or at least the one that you thought you had? I don't, I don't know. You can tell they don't believe their numbers are good. And I, this is something I've said in years past, even when I have been during a given cycle, knee deep in the in the analytics. Right? You've heard me say, in the end, they can't watch the campaign behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. And I've compared it in the past to college football recruiting. I mean, there's a lot of great scouts that work for these various websites, but do they know more than the guys whose livelihoods are on the line judging talent? No, they don't. So a guy might be a three-star, but if he's offered by Alabama and Clemson, who's probably right? Alabama and Clemson or Rivals.com, who's probably right? Well, I think Alabama and yeah. Saban have yeah. earned the right. Yeah, I think Dabo and, and Nick probably know more than Mike Farrell at Rivals.com. All due respect to Mike, right? The campaigns tell you with their own behavior. Look what he's doing. Canceled the convention. Canceled rallies. Fired his campaign manager. Wearing a mask. That strike is a guy who, when they get together, regardless of what he's tweeting or what they're saying, what he's saying, what his lackeys on Fox are saying, look at their actual behavior. For those of you who, who disagree with me that they're going to lose on this trajectory, does that, is that the behavior of people who, are act, who internally think that they are on solid ground? Is that how they behave? No. 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 They don't make that many retreats at once. They don't. They know this. So they're, act, they're reacting to the fact they know that they're in trouble. But they're going the wrong way, folks. They're going the wrong way. You are not going to out-virtue signal Joe Biden's voters. You have to offer a better America than the one we have right now. But you have to govern to get us there. You're the president, not the challenger. Created by credit data scientists, the average ScoreMaster user can raise their score, their credit score, 61 points in 20 days or less. Not a not a couple of points there. 61. One listener raised her credit score recently, 102 points in just 11 days. Another, 53 points in 17 days. ScoreMaster. The reason why this works, it's the new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than anything you've tried before because it puts you in control of your credit score. So this is how you can add points to your credit score fast. Having your best credit score helps a lot of areas in life, getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, these days even getting a job. You should have the power to do that. The power over your credit score, not the bank's. ScoreMaster is what will put you in control. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score and you're going to be shocked how fast that you can do it. If you want to learn more, visit scoremaster.com and go slash Steve. scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. The name of the book, Evangelicals at the Crossroads, Will We Pass the Trump Test? The author uh, of said book and a longtime friend of the show joins us now, Dr. Michael Brown. It's good to have you back on the show, brother. How are you? Uh, Doing great. Uh, Glad to be with you, Steve. So, Michael, I told the audience this last segment, all right? I, I am so over this topic. It has, I feel like it, it, we, we, we have run over this body. We backed the car up and ran it over again, all right? If, there, if there's a list of maybe five people 
if they said, hey, I, I did a book on this, can we cover it on your show, that I would even consider they could add something new that has not already been said. There's only like five people on that list, otherwise my answer would have been no. You just happen to be one of the five names on that list, okay? So, um, what what is it about this debate between Trump and evangelicals that has still not been settled yet? Yeah, so I, I come at it from a few angles, and I'm glad to be one of, one of the five. I appreciate that. <laughs> Number one, I don't think there is a single evangelical supporter of Trump who's done what I've done, which is lay out powerfully all the reasons why many evangelicals say they can't vote for Trump, they won't vote for Trump. In other words, if you're a never-Trumper, you will find your voice adequately represented here. You'll find that I do a good job of laying out your issues with Trump and why you feel it hurts our witness to the extent we're identified with him. At the same time, I lay out the case for Trump in terms of an evangelical case that explains the moral reasons why we can vote for this man that acts in so many ways that are unevangelical. But then most importantly, I say the biggest issue is not Trump. The biggest issue is not the White House. The biggest issue is the conduct of the church and the state of the church. And so even though I lay out a case for how we can vote for Trump without compromising our witness, and we've got to make some changes to do that, I also lay out a 10-point strategy as to how we have to live to fulfill our mission, because that's going to outlast whoever's in the White House. And that's why we have to put the cross before the flag and spiritual activity before political activity. So if if it was just saying what was said already, trust me, I want to move on as well. But it's a critical issue. And coming into the elections, we really have to get these things sorted out. Well, and the reason why I want to move on is because what I see being offered is a lot of false choices. All right. Now, just I'll put my own position into the conversation just to give us a, a you know, a. Um, a launching off point. I did not vote for him four years ago. All right. At the start of this year, I, and, and because I had all the concerns about what attaching his name to our witness could look like, I also thought, given the very poor performance by too many Republican president, uh, presidents in, in recent vintage, and, 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 and the likelihood that the two that recently lost would have been as bad or worse. I mean, we all love George W. Bush and his lasting legacy is John Roberts knifing us. I, we've lost every artery to John Roberts here in the last three weeks. We're like bleeding out as a belief system right now. And that's his, that was supposedly like the high watermark of his presidency, right? John Roberts is chief justice. And, and so I thought, you know, given the, the, the poor performance of Republicans up until this point, now you throw in this guy's questionable character. Uh, which I got a good look at being a part of a rival campaign during the last primary. Um, I, I just thought that it wasn't worth me expending any of my own credibility advocating for uh, in the end. Then we got to the then we then he got elected. Then I watched how he how he performed the first few years. The behavior didn't really change that much, but in the end, I'm a guy and I can get over behavior if you win. Uh, you know, I know women don't really look at things that way, but as a guy, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but if my football coach is dropping f bombs and we're and we're winning the games I care about, I tend to care less about the f bombs and more about the wins. That's just how a lot of guys are wired. All right, so uh, I looked at the performance and I liked a lot of the performance. In fact, I went into this year. I came back from Christmas vacation back in January, and I went into this year and I made some I made some initial overtures. In fact, to some people I know uh, within the movement within the Trump administration, his reelect, and said, "Hey, you've got to stay on the path you're on now. I'm I'm willing to come out and fully support you if I can be of help to help convince other people that were lukewarm or didn't want to do it four years ago. I, I'll help you make that case." And then the virus hit. 
And he has made disastrous decision after disastrous decision after disastrous decision, including the most disastrous decision, I believe, in the history of the presidency, lockdowns, and we've now lost one third of our gross domestic product. I don't think he's earned my vote. That being said, yesterday I announced that I am going to vote for him on November the 3rd because this is this is what it's like trying to navigate this, Mike. Okay? I'm, I've lost my damn mind, Michael. All right, But the reason why is because, in the end, big tech has determined that it is going to wage open warfare on the ability of people like you and I to communicate to audiences like the ones we both have, let alone the larger culture. And, and, and I don't see a, an avenue right now to stop them from just go, declaring game over if the Democrats gain control of, the, of, of, of government in, in November. So that's been my own thought process as somebody who is public about his faith and has a large public platform trying to navigate all of this the last few years. Please help now diagnose my psychosis, Michael. Right. So uh, the, the book will, will help. And again, it's the reason I wrote it to say to people in this exact state, OK, let's look at the choices. Let us not be apologists and defenders of the president at every turn, because it does make us look like jerks. And it has hurt our witness. And we were shouting for years, morality matters, character counts. We're the values voters. And then we said, well, it's kind of different now. We have to make a better case. We have to say, hey, the Mount Rushmore speech was great. It was great for civil rights, too. But I wish you wouldn't go after Bubba Wallace in his tweets the next day. Let's be outspoken about that and make the world know Jesus is our savior. He gets our heart, our mind, our loyalty, our lives. Trump gets our vote. But then we have to look at the real existential choices before us. We have to ask ourselves, who's going to do a better job, say, of standing up to tyrannical China, Trump or Joe Biden? Who's going to do a better job of standing up to Iran, Trump or Joe Biden? Who's going to at least give a better shot to babies in the womb having a, a chance, Trump or Joe Biden? Who's going to stand up more for religious rights? Trump or Joe Biden. And, and you look at how far left the Democrat Party has lurched and you, you basically say it's kind of Trump versus socialism and social anarchy. So is there a way that we can vote for him with, without becoming such Trump loyalists that that becomes the issue? I've watched people on all sides, Steve, lose their mind. You've got on the one hand, the cult of Trump and the other hand, the Trump Agreed. arrangement syndrome. Yep. yep. And, and, and I, I mean, I'm reading books. I've read every book after book, anti-Trump, and the people are rational and clear. And then they start weighing out on Trump. They sound like babies. And then Christian friends I've had for years. And now it's like, what happened to you? What I did mean, you I, drink? I, it's like Trump is I'm your with you. all in all. What happened? That See, I, four years ago, I was very concerned watching, frankly, people like Robert Jeffress. I, I was very concerned watching them redefine what we believe for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And then once he got elected, I've now watched people like Beth Moore basically scarlet letter the church with racism because she doesn't like Trump. I've invited yeah. her on. I've said, hey, who are these racists? Who are they? Tell me who they are. I've got a fairly large platform. I'll join with you in rooting them out, calling them out, right? Uh, uh, casting them out. Nothing. Just these loose pejoratives of insensitive, what we call virtue signals in the social media world. See, I'm not. I'm better than the Robert Jeffress group. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not Pat Robertson. I'm a better. You can. You can put me on CNN. I'm nicer. I'm willing to actually uh, bear false witness against slander the brethren on a on one of the largest platforms on planet Earth without any specifics whatsoever in order to show I'm just better and nicer than those people. It seems like we've gone from one extreme here to the other on this.
Yeah, we, we absolutely have. And, and one of the chapters is called The Cult of Trump or Trump Derangement Syndrome. And another chapter is Since When is Loyalty to Trump the Dividing Line? You know, as Christians, when we stand before God, he's not going to say to us, what did you do with Donald Trump? But what did you do with Jesus? And look, let's just say Trump gets reelected and, and the Democrats and the media and big tech continue to lurch left in radical ways. At best, he's he's a wedge in the door. Yeah. And the big thing is we've got to get on doing what we're supposed to do and change the hearts and minds of young people and yeah. be great commission oriented. So that that's, again, my biggest reason in, in writing the book was not to call evangelicals to vote for Trump. It's to say, hey, here's here's why we can vote for him. Here's how we can preserve our witness in the midst of it. But this is what we must go about doing. To me, passing the Trump test means, one, can we vote for him without destroying our witness? Two, can we differ on Trump without tearing each other apart? Can we unite around Jesus, even if we differ on Trump? Because right now, America is completely losing its mind. It has no idea which way to go. And we should be the ones saying, hey, we have the answers. Listen to us. Look to us. To the extent we are primarily identified as followers of Trump first and followers of Jesus second, we mess things up. If we can get it reversed, then we have some hope. You and I have known each other for years. You know I am not bashful and have not been in the past of pointing out specific people who have who have nicknamed the GOP basically God's own party, the kinds of Christian leaders who they, they sit down at their dinner table at night and thank whoever is the head of the Republican Party for the meal. Uh, and that, you know, we've got we've to refashion our belief system to get a seat at the table for politics. That in the end, you can say whatever you, you can claim you're for whatever you're for, but you are ultimately what you actually, whatever hills you die on, that's what you're really for, right? You, you've heard me go after the people specifically that I think have done that in the past. What I've seen the last few years, though, is, is, is the opposition to this is let's, let's, let's actually become reverse idolaters now and, yep. and let's hate Trump so that we can now use that as, a, as the way that we get the camel's nose under the tent to redefine gender roles in the church, to, to, bring, uh, to bring social Marxism, social justice and cultural Marxism in the church under the, under the, the guise of open Marxists like Black Lives Matter uh, in, into the, into the, under the guise of uh, critical race theory and things of that nature. Let me be a long-standing writer of respect at, at Christianity Today, and then after Trump gets elected, let me change my name to my original African name I never used before just to show people how uh, enlightened and virtuous I am. Please give me the give me the ratio points I really desire. That to me now is what has cropped up in opposition to this. Yeah, again, it's it's almost as if what's in people's hearts has been brought to the surface. Kind of the Trump effect that you get the hypocrisy of evangelicals that some of us are willing to sell our souls for a seat at the table. You you get the 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 virtue virtue signaling wokeness. And, and by the way, you know when you are awakened, you say "Woe is me." When you are woke, you say "Look at me." You know, there's the pride of "Look at who I am." And 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 who are we trying to prove something to? Mm -hmm. On the woke side, that's my big question. You know, the left wing media tells us, you Christians, you must denounce and renounce Trump before you will listen to you. I'm saying you didn't listen to me before. You you, you actually think, Steve, that you and I, that if we said, you know, we can't support Trump, we're not going to vote for Trump, that CNN and MSNBC would say, oh, please come on and enlighten us about abortion. Please share your views on why homosexual marriage is not really marriage. No, right. We were hated right. before. Right. We're still going to be hated. We will never prove 
prove our wokeness to the world. So let's have our convictions and be unashamed of them and show that God's ways are better. You want to fix racism, justice, God's ways. That's the way you do it. What's been the reaction you've gotten to this so far? Because you're, you're also releasing this in an election year when most people want to justify not thinking critically and, and you know, just uh, go tribalistic as they possibly can. Well, you know, I'm hearing, especially from leaders, finally, somebody's laying things out in a way that they feel hits on both sides and puts first things first. So the response has been terrific. In, in fact, I work with major publishers, but this was so time sensitive. They gave me their blessing to put it out with our own company, Equal Time Books. So I began to reach out to other leaders. Interestingly, Never Trumpers wrote to me and said, I'm going to vote for Trump after reading this. Like That wasn't even my intent. Hmm. So that's been a nice surprise. But others who see the insanity on both sides, the, the cult of Trump and the Trump derangement syndrome are saying, finally, somebody who lays it out and gets it. So hopefully that'll be the effect. And then the biggest thing of all, regardless of how we land with our vote, is that we put first things first and live out the way we're supposed to, because America is in bad shape and there is no political solution. It's got to be something that comes first and foremost from the people, from the church. Otherwise, we are sunk, man. Evangelicals at the crossroads. Will we pass the Trump test? Dr. Michael Brown, good to have you back, brother. Good to see you, man. All right. God Great bless. Great to see you, Steve. Thanks. You bet. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on the conversation we just had? I'm hearing a lot of what I tried to explain earlier you know, why I the worst Trump gets and is seemingly stuck at being there's more likelihood for me to vote for him because it just is not about him back in the uh, 2018 midterms I, I said multiple times there's nothing aspirational about this election which was true but when you're at least like I want there to be something aspirational yeah. that's the tension that's the fight yep. and I'm at least I when I fi when we finally got in the middle of the uh, lockdowns and coronavirus, and the first time I said I could uh, now I could possibly vote for Trump because I fully intended not to. Had this still been non lockdown world, I, I don't think I would have. I think I would have stuck with that. But there there now that there's nothing aspirational, it really has nothing to do with him right now. It's simply going out and reading the lay of the land from a wartime perspective and just trying to survive. Hmm. Aaron. Yeah, it's um, just anecdotally, I will say that it does not seem, at least to me, and again, this is all anecdotal, I, I don't know if it's going to be nearly as much of an issue about this affecting testimonies as it was back in 2016, because more often than not, I'm seeing right now, I don't know about you guys, but those who are voting for Trump, I see are not doing it enthusiastically, affirmatively, uh, Cheeto Jesus saves. There's always going to be that, but I think there are fewer of those who would maybe lean towards that. Instead, it's just, I'm going to throw up, I'm just going to throw up this human shield and hope, hope that the, uh, that the, what did you call them yesterday? The necromancers yes. who are running the Joe Biden. I said the Joe Biden. Uh, hope that they don't come after me if we can just keep this human uh, shield up in the form of Donald Trump. And so I, I, I'm hopeful that it will rise above something that it was last time, which it was just a personality, because rising above it is just being honest that, hey, this is our best chance of the government not being sicked on me. That would be an upgrade from 2016. Next hour, Theology Thursday. We're going to wade into the mask debate theologically as best we can. Next.
with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, all of you at 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show at Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to get free samples of this show for yourself and then hopefully that you'll share with others. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. And again, the last name is D-E-A. C-E. Also, if you are a podcast listener, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if you haven't done so already, please consider it if you like what we do here. Also, smash that subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, uh, the more five-star reviews we get, the more that helps the show to grow. I know, hey, we just suffered through, we try to make it, 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 it we try to make a subscription of Blaze TV as inexpensive as, as we can. I mean, we, we've got a discount going year round when you go to blazetv.com slash days. Earlier this year, we offered the cheapest subscription that we ever have. We're, we're trying to make this as affordable as we can. I mean, it, it, it costs a good deal of money to put on shows like this with full-fledged studios all over the country. Okay, so we got to make some revenue here. So we, but we do try to make it as affordable as we can, particularly in the times in which we live. And we, we're losing one third of our gross domestic product now. So we get it, though. Not everybody can afford a subscription right now. So if if you're like, man, I just got to do the podcast because it's free. Here's what you can do for us, though. Still, is to give us those five star reviews and hit that subscribe button because. That does a lot for helping us to grow the show as well. Thanks to the thousands of you that have done both of those things already. All right, let's get to Theology Thursday, brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. It is challenging to sell, buy, buy, and sell at the same time a home in any economic environment. How about one with 40 million unemployed and losing one third of your GDP? That makes it fairly makes it fairly uncertain, right? Yeah. You don't know in a given state what the laws are in terms of a free association and open assembly. This is these are fairly uncertain times. Okay, take a drink. Uh, but uh, it, it's stressful to do this in any time, but especially right now. Make sure if you're going into the real estate market at a time like this that you have an agent that you know is going to go all in for you. Now, how do you find that person? Well, the website says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Notice that no one has a website that says realestateagentsyoucantrust.com. Right? Have you noticed that they don't have that site? Hey, here's where you don't go to these guys. Okay? You go to somebody, you look for a realtor in, in your market or the market you're trying to move into. Nobody has on their website. I suck at this. Nobody has on their website, my marketing plan is we're just going to do endless open houses. No one attends. No one has on their website, hey, how about I'll just get bored if I don't sell your home in 30 days and won't tell you that, but I'm just going to kind of move on in my own head. No one says things like that, even though there are people that do things like that. So how do you know? Who does the vetting? That's who does it for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you can go anywhere in the country to find an agent that you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. So the current debate that we are having right now in the country is over masks. Now, I want to lay down a few markers here for Theology Thursday. There is no randomized scientific study that shows masks are a successful mitigation strategy 
against COVID-19 on a, and we're speaking here corporately as a culture, not for individual situations. Okay. Um, if you could be, if, if you're a high risk person and you could be fitted with an N95 mask with a filter system that was fitted properly and medically and wore that everywhere you went, I would imagine it'd be quite effective at stopping a lot of things, including coronavirus from getting into your system, right? Sure. How many of those do we have and how many people are able to, to do that situation? However, it's minuscule. So we're not talking about though an individual situation between you and a doctor. We're talking about the, we're not, our show's not here. We're not Twitter. We don't believe we know more about the efficacy of a drug that's been FDA approved for 60 years than actual doctors. We're not Facebook. We don't believe that. We don't know. We're going by, we, we, we trust that they know more than us. So we wait for them to tell us. Okay. We're talking, so we're not talking about individual situations with you and your doctor and what's best for you. If you're high risk, I'm not talking about that. We're talking on a corporate public policy perspective. That's how we've approached this since March. That's our area of expertise. That's what we do. We do that. Okay. There is no randomized. Why do we need that? Because we need a control group. We, we need to know. Well, because I can do research that shows masks help if the only people I'm researching are the people that are wearing the masks. Right. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I can't c- compare them to the people who aren't, then this is confirmation bias. I went in there looking to see if masks help. I only surveyed people that wore masks. And my conclusion is masks help. Voila. I went in, I went into the study believing Steve Dace is the most adorable, brilliant, ingenious, really. And I would say smoldering good looks with an, with a slight dash of craftiness. I went into this study with those assumptions. I only asked Steve Dace his thoughts on himself. And I came back with the conclusion, hey, recent research shows, (laughs) right? That's the research we've done. So when they tell you, well, we we, we, we have these recent recent studies, they've only been studying people with masks. we, We can't compare it to the control. We don't know. And you're not even mentioning the part that would all be tenuous at best but we had studies before we had ever heard of coronavirus yes. before before yes. coronavirus they did do randomized studies on this with influenza and other uh viral uh, because bacteria microbes are larger than vi- viruses okay and so that's why the comparison has often been uh, to uh, to the flu, because you're dealing with microbes of a similar size um, and and bent than what you deal with with, with a bacterial load. OK, there. Ha- so there were studies in control group studies that did show wide ranging mask use doesn't do anything to stop influenza, for example. That's why in 2018, we had one of the worst influenza cycles in recent memory in the country. There was no debate. Let's go out and put everybody in masks. Because we had all the all the studies that were randomly sampled prior to the politicization of this of this pandemic that showed it doesn't work, so it was never even considered. Okay. Now you're dealing with this virus, whose microbes are actually smaller than your typical influenza influenza virus. But if I go in there researching, did the mask help? I only talk to people who wore masks, but I don't find out what happens if you don't. By comparison, I, I don't have an actual study. I have a confirmation bias. Now, that confirmation bias, let's say this, could be true. It could turn out to be true when we do have a control group study, right? It could turn, it could turn out that you were right, but your methodology is bad. 
meaning you 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 went into this looking for a conclusion not looking for a conclusion and there is a difference right we don't have a randomized study denmark is slated to release one any day now they have they have announced they've completed one and we're waiting to see what they say denmark by the way was the first country to give us in the west a layout of the lethality of this virus by age group with broken down and stratified you know in individual years they have done phenomenal work on the research of this virus as a country and i say that as somebody who's done a lot of research on this virus and has used several of denmark's uh, examples of research for my own so we await to see what they say i don't think they're given their actions i don't think they're gonna come back and tell us that masks work but they could and then we'll see but as of right now we don't have any certifiable scientific evidence that they work we don't we have promising research by people who wanted promising research but we have nothing negative to compare it to to know for sure we don't know and that's all we're discussing here is the public policy that's one marker let me lay down another marker imagine going into this imagine if they would have treated us like adults i've talked about this with our governor here in iowa before and a key moment when she began to reopen the state and she said to the challenging questions of the media she said listen look it's not going anywhere we don't have a vaccine I shut this thing down as long as I could to make sure that our healthcare system was stabilized and ready to go. And it is. We feed a lot of the world out of this state. We feed the whole country, this whole country out of this state. We can't do this. I, I, can't, I, I can't justify shutting the entire state and, and the value that this state represents down because there's 50 people with coronavirus at the University of Iowa Hospital. I can't do that. We're going to have to learn to live with it. We'll be as smart as we can. We'll adjust on the fly to the data as best we can. But we just are going to have to learn to live our lives with this. And I really believe that was a tipping point. The media didn't buy it, but she wasn't talking to them. She was talking to us, the people of Iowa. And imagine when it came to masks, because I, I, I want to state my position clearly. I am not anti-mask. I'm anti-flat earth. I'm anti-junk science. I'm anti-BS, right? Yes. Imagine if they would have, remember back in March, I said, why don't we just wear masks and not close the country down? I proposed that in March, in March. Do you remember that? Of course. And that, that was back when Fauci and the Surgeon General was telling us masks wouldn't help us. I was like, why don't we just wear masks like they do in eight? How do they, but you know why, you know why, do you know why I proposed that? Because I wanted to figure out why Taiwan and South Korea didn't close down. They just wore masks. So I'm like, well, dude, they got to know more about coronavirus than we do. They have them all the time. They're close to, are they close to China or are we? They are. They are. So why don't we, instead of destroying our way of life and our economy, let's just wear masks until this, we get rid of this thing. I said that in March, back when they told us the masks wouldn't work, not to wear them. So we had to do lockdown instead. And now the same people that were telling us that in March and telling me I was wrong are now telling us this is the only path forward is for us to wear masks everywhere. Well, imagine if they would have treated us like adults, like our governor here in Iowa did, and they would have said something like, you know what, guys? Right now, we're trying everything we can. Imagine if Michael Redfield, head of CDC, said this. Right now, we're trying everything that we can. Um, we need all the help we can get. We really are all in this together. 
And here on the scientific end, we're learning on the fly here. It is a novel coronavirus. There's just some things we don't know about how to contain it. And we don't have a vaccine. So we're going to try wearing masks for, say, 30 days and see if that gets us to a place where we can resume some normalcy. Imagine if they would have done that. I don't know about you guys. Can't speak for everybody. This is what I would have done. I'd have been like, hey, man, we're all Americans here. Uh, Let's see if it works to get this under control, get our lives back. There's only one way to find out. Um, None of us have ever seen anything like this before. There's no playbook for this. You are not entitled to not be inconvenienced when when there's a worldwide pandemic happening. You're not. Okay? So let's, no guarantees, but let's see. Let's find out. That's what, that's how I would have reacted. Instead, uh, what we got was an about-face memory holding of all the actual science on masks until about a month ago. Just like it all disappeared, like the Las Vegas shooter. Sweden, no longer on the map. Gone, gone, gone. Uh, then we had a media-driven cult politicize this thing to the hilt. Uh, the mask became like its talisman. Like its pan-idol. Uh, and, and you were scarlet lettered if you dared ask, hey, even politely, hey, what's the science on this? Do we know if this is even going to work? Yes, when we put a mask in, in Maryland right now, you got to put a mask on everybody under the over the age of two. You're a parent. You're like, you got a four-year-old. Do I want to put a mask on my kid? Is, is that good? Hater! Burn the witch! Or maybe some bitter old cat lady who probably ought to get smacked shows up in a grocery store produce aisle on camera to say, I hope your children die. You know, stuff like that. We did that instead. We, we went down that. We, we could have tried the other road, right? Could have tried that one. We did this one instead. So Karen's got a Karen, Steve. Yeah, so here we are, okay? Now, one way acknowledges that there are forces in nature that are beyond our understanding, which at times means we got we to gotta kind of come together, right? Try to understand what we're up against when we're confronted by them. Um, And those times may require some suffering or inconvenience uh, in order to achieve wellness and success. I don't like shots. I hate them. I hate needles. But if I'm sick, I need to find out what's wrong with me. So put the needle in my arm and I'll just turn the other way and grin and bear it. That's the adult path, right? That's how adults are to behave, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other way, I would call this like the way of Salem, and and this is when Galileo and Alexander Fleming are kooks and, and crackpots. Um, this is when uh, Didier Rayalt, who until uh, March, uh, March 12th, 2020, was considered the leading communicable disease expert on the friggin' planet. And that was the day Donald Trump mentioned hydro- hydroxychloroquine at the White House Coronavirus Task Force briefing. And suddenly on March 13th, based on Didier Rayalt's findings, by the way, that the world was applauding these findings on March 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. They were like, hey, this could be our deliverance. Donald Trump mentions his findings at a coronavirus task force briefing. And then on March 13th, and for the next four damn months, Didier Rayalt had to defend himself that he was now suddenly a quack. That's the Salem path, right? Is that the path we're on? Right. right. That's that's the path we tro- chose. We're not driven by data, but desire. Uh, unbridled emotion replaces observational, provable science. Right. That's. And if you don't, if you won't give me my affirmation, then you will be made to care. That's where we are. Now, one of these paths in a time of crisis will bring a people together. Another will tear a people apart. Guess which one we're on? Anybody? Guess. Asked and answered, brother. In, indeed. Okay. So, 
with that as a backdrop, let's find out what our old friend Billy Hallowell says about this, whether he thinks we ought to be wearing masks or not. Watch this. Okay, so the never-ending mask debate. Now, before we get into this whole thing, I want to clarify a couple of things about masks. I think they're weird. I think they're uncomfortable. I think they're pretty awkward, right? And I personally am not a fan of wearing them. And the main reason is that because I normally wear glasses, right? And I can't successfully wear them without fogging my glasses up. So with that said, though, I've made a choice to wear masks. And I think you should do the same. And so I want to I want to dive into that before you react to that. And just listen to me. Government, we know it can be restrictive, misleading, bureaucratic, and actually, frankly, ridiculous when it comes to policymaking. We were initially told, or I guess discouraged from wearing masks before being told that we had to, right? And so I think we're right to question policies that restrict church congregations while entirely ignoring massive protests in the street. I think we're right to worry about the confines and limits to the restrictions being placed on us. So all of that is fine. I think questioning is healthy. At the same time, I think we have a responsibility to love our neighbors. And I've heard a lot of disturbing comments in recent weeks and months about COVID-19 being a scam or entirely overblown or, or something we simply shouldn't worry about. Again, I think we're smart to always be on guard and to be sure that our rights are being protected, right? I get that. But I don't think that the mask thing is this hill to die on. I mean, COVID-19 has infested the United States. We've had more than 142,000 people die. That's 142,000 human beings, moms, dads grandparents, brothers, sisters, kids, right? I mean, some people, they, they keep saying that they believe the numbers are cooked or enhanced, but I know people who have had it. And I'm not saying the numbers aren't off. I don't know, but I know a ton of people who have had it. I had a professor friend who died. Um, I've known people in my church who have been sick. I am a firm believer that we need to be reasonable and rational, that we need to, reasonable rather and rational, that we need to look at things with calm lenses to realize that Jesus is our hope. But I'm also a firm believer in common sense. And when we selfishly refuse to wear masks around crowds of people, I believe we're not only failing to exercise that common sense, but we're actually breaking Jesus's command to love others. Sure, you might be young, you might be fit, but what about the elderly people walking around? I mean, the virus impacted thousands upon thousands of people who died in nursing homes and older Americans in general, if we're being honest, have not fared well. In fact, eight out of 10 of the deaths in the U.S. have been among those aged 65 and older. So how can we argue that somehow our right not to wear a mask trumps the rights of the people not to be sick, not to inadvertently be inflicted by our selfishness, and not to prematurely die? Again, masks are obnoxious, but if we have evidence that they help minimize the spread of a virus, a spread that almost every other country on the face of the earth seems to have gotten under better control than we have, then why are we so opposed to it? Sure, be on guard. Sure, fight against inconsistencies in the law when it comes to churches and other gatherings. But in the end, I think we all have to make a decision, right? What's going to win out? Is it going to be our pride and our fear? Or is it going to be our love for other people? You want COVID-19 chaos to end? Put a mask on. You want the economy to open up more quickly and get on track? Put a mask on. It's not that complicated. And I know that many of you will disagree with me, and I get that. But at this point, I'm tired of sort of sitting here and ignoring the obvious. Our witness matters. And if our witness is to be incentive, 
incessantly screaming, it's my rights, my rights, while very literally putting the rights of others at risk. I think that self-centeredness speaks for itself. And one final note, if there's still outrage out there about businesses that are encouraging or rather demanding that people coming in wear masks, I'd remind all of us that a lot of us as conservatives and Christians have said that Christian business owners should be allowed to refuse products based on sincerely held beliefs. So if we believe that, then surely we have no problem with a business or company making the same decision when it comes to masks. Listen, we don't have to love masks, but we're called to love others. So let's do it. All right, let's start on on where I will feel well, where I will agree with him, um, particularly the latter point. Um, I was initially upset at Costco for going with masks when we were reopening because it was clear when they didn't go with masks when the virus was surging in places like Iowa. Um, and now they are going to masks when we were reopening. It was clear that it was mainly just because of legality. As time has gone on, though, and more and more businesses have gone down this road, I'm actually sympathetic to the argument that um, the culture in which we live, the lawsuit-happy culture in which we live, that I think this is... At this point, if I owned a major national corporation, I'd probably have... At the very least, I'd have all my employees in masks. At the very least. Uh, Just because I don't want to get sued. I own 500 stores, 1,000 stores, etc. Um, and we haven't really spent a lot of time. Now, I haven't, been back, I haven't been back to Costco since they went to masks, but now it's not even about the mask. I've kind of gotten used to wearing one, actually. It's really just about there aren't any samples and stuff out there anymore, so there's really no point in going. <laughs> I just like the samples. All right. Um, but uh, I, I totally, uh, he is right that we can't, on one hand, argue that what a private Christian business owner does with their business isn't anybody isn't government's business and they can't be compelled to do something that violates their conscience and then turn around and condemn all these private corporations and private businesses for trying to protect their trying to protect themselves against liability with a mask i agree completely with that point uh that that's an inconsistency we can't have it both ways agree with that i also agree that it, it that the not wearing a mask thing as a point of pride uh, really doesn't have any place in any kind of a biblical worldview. I mean, pride, first of all, doesn't have a place in a biblical worldview to begin with, number one, period. Just It just doesn't have a place at all, number one. Um, I mean, you lay that down. I mean, pride is the root of sin. So, no. Um, if, if, if your opposition to masks is on the basis of uh, I'm some kind of a badass or it's, it shows that I'm a wimp and I'm not doing that, that's, I, I'm not, I, there's nothing biblical about any of those arguments, okay? And I'll even throw in a third area where I agree with him. If the research showed in fact, I just said this before we played the video, I believe. If the research showed, the real research, not I went in to find, I only, I only found out what, how masks help people who are wearing masks, but comparison to not wearing them, because there's all kinds of research out there that shows it doesn't work, all right? Norway doesn't work. I don't know why the masks work in Norway, or they don't work in Norway, they don't work in Denmark, and they don't work in the Netherlands. But, and, and they don't work in Los Angeles County, because when I was out there, uh, last month, they were still in the middle of a two-month mask mandate. I wore a mask everywhere I went. 
and stop cases from surging there. So I, I don't know why the mask it doesn't work there, but it's going to work everywhere here. But if the research did show that masks work, I wholeheartedly agree. Christians ought to be the last people that are using the inconvenience factor and the obnoxious factor to say, I'm not going to love my neighbor as I love myself here and risk their health. I wholeheartedly agree with that. If that's what the research showed. It just doesn't. But I wanted to start in, in the limited time we have here. We got about five more minutes. I wanted us to start in areas where we agree. And I'll throw one, one more thing in. Um, I appreciate the fact that he's actually willing to step out there and have this conversation. There's way too much groupthink all over the place. Way too much tribalism. I mean, we've had Billy on talking how many issues and subjects over the years on this show, right? Mm-hmm. We certainly would not deny his uh, his intellectual credentials on a lot of no. the issues of the day we care no, no. the most about, right? So the last thing we ought to be doing here, if you vehemently disagree, is he's some kind of hack, sellout. That I, that tribalism, we don't, we don't, we just don't embrace any. We're the last place on planet Earth, or at least in the state of Iowa, maybe. <laughs> All right, we're, we're someone who dares to utter, usher a contrarian notion within the tribe doesn't feel safe to bring their viewpoint to the table, right? All right. All right. So let's start, because I want to model this in a way as best we can, where we're going to come now and reason together, where as believers, we're going to have this conversation um, with the truth and love as best we can. Uh, because if we can't do it, then... I mean, if, 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 if the Billy Hallowells and Steve Day shows of the world can't sit down and have a reasonable discourse on this, even if they disagree, then there's probably no place in America that we can do it. So let's start there. Todd, areas where you agreed. Well, I don't agree with much of it. We'll get to the disagreements. Areas where you agree. I, well... I, I didn't know this was be going to be the half and half approach we were going to take. I would have settled this in my mind, and I don't mean to be pejorative in all this, uh, but I just I, I think he is missing the entire point. Uh, so I think common sense. I, that's ultimately going to be my argument. He's, but I think to 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 rely on something resembling common sense in, in all of this is a f- is a fair point it's a way, it's a good filter to approach things it's it's socratic in its nature how we sift things i agree that using that as a winnowing fork for all of this is a potentially a way to come to the right conclusion how about if he would have said and guys you know the research on this is pretty sketch but as christians why don't we err on the side of love who knows it might help it might work let's you know be seen publicly going the extra mile for our fellow man and our neighbor similar to what i said a minute ago right if the cdc michael redfield who came to us like that if he would have said to somebody like you in fairness because i'm guessing at some point billy's going to watch or listen to this Mm -hmm. Uh, you and i were talking about this yesterday when we were getting ready to do this show you are at your you're on your last nerve with this entire topic right yeah so that's where there's a lot of measured tones and 
you're taking deep breaths because you like Billy. You're the one that actually books him on the show, yeah, right? And so you don't want to you don't want to make him the the target of weeks of your Here. compiled venting and angst on this, right? Yes. Yeah, so you're trying to take a you're taking deep breaths before you take even individual words. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And here to make my point, it, it's I, my family, and we aren't mandated yet to go back, but my, my family still has not been back to mass. And because here's where I really take the biggest issue is because when it's done in the name, science is the one thing you laid out that argument. But then when it's take in our faith's name, loving your neighbor as yourself, I'm not putting I'm not putting my children in a position where the one place we go back to that we wear masks is church when I believe it is a spiritual abuse to say that this is the time to use them and this is why we should use them when I fundamentally don't. So, uh, yeah, I'm especially when we pull the Jesus card with anything resembling masks, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to fight you and I'm going to fight you as a friend, Billy, but I have to because I believe it's wrong and I'll lay that out when we get to the next what point. If you, what if you played the Jesus card and said, let's just try and see if it'll work. It, it, it can't hurt. Let's just see if it'll work. Let's see what we can do. See if see if it helps. Um, should we be making that argument about trannies running with my daughters too? I mean, really? That's, I mean, that's a tad over the top, don't you think? It's a tad. No, because top. it's not an argument. It's okay. it's not based on any evidence. It's soft minded Christianity. We're choking on that. All right, I'm trying. Yeah, I think you got to try a little harder after that last thirty seconds or so. More in a moment. I, I don't understand the people that like exercise with their dogs. Maybe it's because I, I don't think I can keep up with mine. <laughs> that might have that might have something to do with it. But I, yeah, your dog needs exercise. But you know what else your dog needs? Uh, nutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics, omega oils. The list goes on. And I can tell you, they're not getting it from that dry kibble dog food. That stuff's dead as a doornail once it leaves the factory. That's why I've been telling you for a while now about Rough Greens. It isn't a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food. And it's jam-packed with all the good things that will promote a happy, healthier lifestyle for your pet. And your dog's going to go crazy for how it tastes. Or at least my dog, Cap, does. Our dog, Cap, loves this stuff. All right? All Rough Greens is is a great powder you put on your dog's food. And it makes it not only healthier, but apparently tastier. You can give your dog the Rough Greens 14-day Jumpstart bag today for just $14.95 and see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. Just go to roughgreens.com. Again, that is R-U-F-F. That's how it's spelled. Clever, I know. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let, let's get back to Billy Hallowell's video here on Theology Thursday. I don't think we're going to have time for three non-political questions, Aaron. Sorry. But uh, I know you were really chomping at the bit with the three questions you never oh. bothered to come up with, right? <laughs> I, I I honestly forgot what, what is three questions. You're gonna look anyway. around at some point. Hey, uh, your Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Dace has got a Gator. Your Gatorade flavors. Mount Rushmore of Gatorade <laughs> yeah. flavors, right? Mount Rushmore of lamps. Yes. All right. Let, let's let's get back to our theology Thursday, and I wanted to start with where I agreed with some with with what Billy Hallowell, who's a great friend of the show, and I love, uh, but with what he asserted in the mass debate. Now I want to get to what I don't agree with. Um. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, first of all. Let's assume that the masks have some efficacy. 
Right now, there, there's no documented randomized study that shows that they do. But let's assume for a moment that they do for just a second. The love your neighbor as you love yourself thing has to work both ways. I look at my own situation. I'm asthmatic. First time I flew on a plane with a mask, I had a cloth one. I almost hyperventilated a couple of times. I had to take it off. For those who have respiratory issues already, that wearing a mask makes things more difficult. Why, don't, why aren't they extended that grace? How come it doesn't cut both ways? How come the how come it's only and we only love our neighbors, we love ourselves if we go with the prevailing wind? Jesus, if you know, if we're gonna throw Bible verses around, Jesus left ninety nine behind to find the one lost sheep. He cast aside the prevailing wisdom to go get the one contrarian. If somebody has some serious health issues and they can't do this, why are they banned from every Walmart, Costco, Target? Kroger how come it only cuts one way I mean if everybody else is wearing a mask and there's a small minority that can't wear one why are you threatened by them if you're wearing yours how come they how come we don't love that neighbor the contrarian neighbor why don't we love him as we love ourselves why doesn't it work both ways secondly I, I think Billy if you were here and I know you're going to listen to this after I tweet out the link and, and copy you on it. I think, frankly, my friend, you're letting your experience in New York City cloud your overall judgment. I think it's similar to how a lot of Christians will view their eschatology through the lens of what's happening in the times in which they live. Or the era in which they live or the, the country in which they live. That it, since America's falling apart, that must mean that, that the trumpet's going to sound. When you and I both know, brother, that all over the rest of the world, outside of the West, Christianity is flourishing. It's flourishing everywhere else. It's just dying here in the West. Doesn't mean that the Antichrist isn't coming. Doesn't mean that there isn't going to be a trumpet. Doesn't mean that, but it doesn't mean that there is or isn't. You know, there's a, there's a great big world out there just beyond what happens in America, right? We both agree with that. I think there's a great big world out there just beyond what you witnessed, the carnage in New York City, where you live. The state and city where you live is still responsible for one out of every four deaths that's occurred in this country. If, if the deaths in your state were its own country uh, for coronavirus, it would be the fifth worst state or fifth worst country for deaths in the world. If the total cases in your state were its own country, it'd be the sixth most infected country in the world. The overwhelming amount of deaths in the tri-state area there within a 100-mile driving distance of New York City where you live, Billy, compared to the rest of the country, it's not even close. And I'm happy to extend grace to you for having maybe more, more, sense of, more of a sense of urgency about this because of the carnage you witnessed firsthand. If maybe you'll extend a hand of grace to those of us who live outside those 100 miles of the tri-state area who have not seen that kind of carnage. And by and large, the only carnage we've seen is we've lost our jobs. Uh, we've lost memories, family events, once-in-a-lifetime events that we'll never get back, that we use to mark barometers for the meaning of life while we're here, the relationships we have with others. Those moments are gone. Never, 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 those proms will never come back. Those graduations never come back. That senior season watching my son or my daughter play this sport or in that band never returns. Gone. Will never come back. Can't be redeemed. Lost. 
I, I think you're letting what's what you witnessed in your own backyard maybe cloud your judgment about the direness of the situation a little bit. I, I don't think a Christian has to wear a mask in Wyoming to show that they believe that they love their neighbor as they love themselves because of the suffering that happened in New York City. And then finally, I, I also think, brother, you're missing a bigger picture here. I think you believe the mask is a symbol of common sense. I don't believe the people promoting the masks see it that way at all. I think the mask is a religious talisman. I think there's a cult around the mask. That's why the, that's why the conversation hasn't been reasonable. Because cults aren't reasonable. Frankly, I think the I think what's happened with lockdowns and the mask is a dry run for next year when they throw a vaccine that probably isn't going to be that safe that they've rushed together that that is at best as safe as a flu vaccine. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer, by the way, but at best is as, as efficacious as a flu vaccine at best. And then they try to mandate that you have to take it. Otherwise, you you can't, you know, go to this store, go to this school. I think this is all a test run. Because it's not been driven by science at all. Billy, the same people that are pushing masks as our salvation are the same people that reject, in many cases, salvation. Brother, the same people that are, that are, um, uh, that are promoting masks as a symbol of reason are the same ones that have rejected reason, gender, What's a life? What's truth? The same fervor by which they reject those things, they're promoting this thing. Why? Why is that, brother? Why is that the case? So maybe for you, it's common sense. But I think this is where we're in a meat sacrifice to idols situation. You see that meat as just meat. And you're like, people are hungry, they should eat. I can respect that. Others of us see that meat, though, as a symbol of a larger religious expression and don't want to go anywhere near that. And Paul says that we're actually not supposed to argue with each other on these points. We're, not, we're actually not supposed to contend with each other on these points, but to grant conscience. So since there is no actual research that shows definitively mask work, because it's never been put to a control group, so we don't know that, this isn't a matter of science. It's a matter of opinion. And that's where I think we are in a meat sacrifice to idols thing. By all means, wear your mask and wear it for the reasons you would like. I don't think any less of you. But I don't think you should think any less of people who are like, I see a pattern here. We're going we, we're gonna to start by locking everything down on bad data. Then we're going to stay locked down on bad data. You live in a state where the main reason that there was so much carnage is because your own government put the least of these in the most harm. You yourself mentioned what the death rate is for those under the age of 65. Actually, it's even older than that, my friend. Go above 70, and the death rate is very low. In fact, in America, if you don't live in a nursing home, 0.4% of Americans are going to die of coronavirus that don't live in a nursing home. Why don't we just secure them? 
Why does the whole country have to have its freedoms and liberties infringed upon when we know who is the most vulnerable to this? Why don't we secure them? So we started lockdowns on a bad premise, bad data, continued lockdowns on a bad premise and bad data. The people who did those lockdowns won't admit that the lockdowns were bad. And now they tell us, after previously telling us that masks don't work, now they tell us, while not still admitting any of the mistakes they've made up to this point, they now tell us that masks are manna. Brother, can you see why there might be people who, other than just being douchebags, might have some serious fears and concerns that this isn't on the up and up here? Something else is going on. Because, by the way, the same people, Billy, that say wear, wear a mask or you're a nitwit are the same people saying, don't take a drug that costs less than a dollar a pill that in at least a dozen other countries has been proven to be effective. In Switzerland, they bought into the hype. They stopped selling and providing hydroxychloroquine by law, like, like Ohio just did yesterday. They saw their death rate skyrocket. They went ahead and went back to using hydroxychloroquine as an early viral relief, and they saw their death rate plummet. The same people that are trying to say, you can't get access to a treatment that may save your life are the same people demanding we all wear masks. Can you understand, Billy, why there might be some people of sincere Christian conviction who, are, who don't want to put this thing on, not because it's a point of pride, but of worship? Meaning like, I don't worship false gods. I don't, I don't worship idols. And that doesn't mean everybody that's wearing the mask is worshiping an idol. I don't think you're worshiping one. I think you've got some legit concerns. You've thought it through. I don't agree with how you've thought it through, but I respect that. I just would like the respect to work both ways. That's all. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Aaron, you're going yes. to go first. Uh, well, so I would agree uh, that the that the only thing that I would agree with with um, Billy Hallowell's video is if the science says. Now, if you had said the science says, then we can have we can have a debate about that and we can uh, weigh your evidence against the evidence that that they don't work as well. And we can come to our own conclusions. But what makes this difficult and what makes this hard when these types of conversations go the direction that Billy took it is that the inverse of what he's saying then applies to those who do not agree. So what I mean is. What he's implying is that if I don't wear a mask, I don't love my neighbor. Really? Really? I saw that same thing happen this morning. Different context. I'm not saying that this is uh, Billy's assertion is the same as what I'm about to say. But David French said this morning uh, he compared not wearing a mask to aborting babies. He made that comparison. I can't remember if it was this morning or last night, but he made that comparison. Yes, he did. And I'm not saying that, that that's what Billy's doing here, but that's the inverse of uh, that, that. That's the implication uh, is that I don't love my neighbor. So that makes these kind of kind of conversations very difficult because I'm coming in here <laughs> with the with, uh, feeling like I am the one that's being uh, cast dispersions upon when I don't think that I actually deserve that. And so this whole thing comes back to if the science says well, we don't know for sure if the science says that this has a widespread impact or a significant impact. If it has a significant impact, I would I would say, and we knew, knew that it had a significant impact, I would say, Billy Hallowell, you are right on the money. 
All right. I could be spreading this and wearing a mask would significantly reduce my chances of spreading this to somebody who could get it and could die within the next two or three weeks. We would still need to have some sort of mercy. We would need to still have some sort of, um, I, I don't know, just a little bit of grace for people. But I didn't get detect that at all. Instead, it's if the science says. If there are ifs, when there are ifs, we need to have grace for people to, 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 to make up their own minds, to follow their own conscience. And I didn't get a whole lot of that from, from Billy's video, which makes it difficult for me not to then respond with an, emotional, with an emotional response, which is how dare you say that I don't love my neighbors, and then we're off, and nothing actually gets solved at the end of the day. If he had said, I don't think, I don't know what the science says, there's, there's conflicting reports, uh, follow your conscience, but here's why I wear a mask. We wouldn't even probably be having this conversation this segment, right correct. now. We wouldn't have yeah. this segment right now. Yeah. You're correct about that. It's really, really difficult. Really difficult. And I've lashed out at people before who make this into a, a moral issue when there is not a clear line of demarcation about what something is or what something isn't. And it becomes difficult to not then respond with emotion uh, in and actually and and even if it's deserved, but we just need to have more more grace for people. And this is about the most grace that I can show. Billy, <laughs> being what you know, uh, taking all things into consideration with the implications of what he's saying. Um, but I would just encourage him to have a little bit more grace. That there is there is more room for that here in this debate than what it makes than what he makes it seem like. It seems like he has not encountered Todd. Anybody has a reason for not wearing a mask other than I just don't want to, or it's inconvenient, or it's obnoxious. That there may not be some larger re- reasonings uh, at play here in to to oppose the uh, the 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 prevalence of the hysteria around masks. And that's what I wanted to highlight in my rebuttal. If it's about common sense, common sense by definition should take us somewhere in common, should move us somewhere. Well, the people screaming loudest about, you you know, wear a mask, way, way louder, more obnoxious, nothing Billy did was obnoxious. But those two are doing it. Let's take these teachers unions in the most liberal cities where this is happening. They're also saying, uh, I'm going to die if I go to school, if I wear, even if I wear a mask, well, do they work or not? This is what's going on, the level of chaos. So none of this is not really ever really about the mask. We're talking about goggles now. The people who not only don't want to go back and teach in school, the story just came out in the New York Times, they also don't want to teach online because that's too hard. They just want to basically have this year and say, let's call it a wash, but I still need to get paid. See, there's no common sense. I would like, and there hasn't been from the beginning, not with two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, it, it because, 30 days to slow the spread. Uh, uh, yes, it's never been there. We The common sense never moves us from point A to point B. That's what common sense has to do by definition. I haven't seen it, so I reject it, and I reject it for spiritual reasons. So because I love Jesus, I'm going to tell everybody what the lies are. That'll do it for our program today. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.